0: Good morning. morning. Yes. It's good to see you all. And uh, what a beautiful day it is today. It's not like winter, you know. Uh, We're grateful to God for every day and every weather he gives to us. Let us pray. God, our Father, thank you for your... Provisions to our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to come into your presence as brothers and sisters. As people who trust in your power daily. As people who know you and love you. We pray that during this moment you will speak to us. You will touch our hearts, minister to every need. Lord, you know us in and out. I commend my spirit to you, Lord, that you will guide and lead through the pages of your word for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me take this a little bit away from you and don't come. You know, there was a preacher one time who who went to a new church and was preaching. And he was preaching about Jesus' words in Revelation. Behold, I come. Now, there's an old lady who was sitting there before him in the pulpit. And this preacher came and said, Behold, I come. Behold, I come. And he said that like seven times and then he just staggered on the pulpit and he went down, and the old lady, you know, he didn't smash her, but, he, you know, people say, Oh, Mary, so sorry. Well, she said, It's my fault. He said it's seven times that he was coming, and I didn't take notice. So I don't want to come down, Pastor. <laughs> but today we are going to look at Psalms again. Now, it looks like every time I come up here, I'm preaching from the Psalms. You know, one of the reasons I love the Psalms. I love Job, I love James, I love the Proverbs. They're very practical books that speak to the things that you and I experience today. You know, when you read Psalms, you think, oh, is this guy living in Australia? (laughs) Is he in Melbourne? Does he know me? You know, So today, I want us to open our Bibles. If you have the Bible up, if not, uh, you might put it up there. But the topic I want to talk about is turning despair into delight. Turning despair into delight. Now, I don't have a magic wand here, but I want us to go through the example of a man who just did that. Okay, so Psalm chapter 13, I'm going to read from the New King James Version, if we can be put up there, there we go, all right, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? having sorrow in my heart daily, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me Rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Turning delight, desire, despair into delight. Now, I don't know about you, but the question is asked often when we are exp- I mean, in sorrow, in difficult times. Where is God when it hurts? Where are you, O oh Lord? I don't know about you, but I have uttered those questions. I have said those statements. I can remember two major incidents in my own life. And uh, if you can put up the slide there, all right. You see that thing? It's called the Eleazarov frame. When I was nine years old, I came from school one day. I was living in a village, small town in Sierra Leone with my aunt, and my leg was swollen. I didn't know Why? But then I began to feel pain. And of course, in a small town, there was no hospital. There was no northern hospital. There was no big hospital. So they didn't do much about it. But over the years, that leg continued to bother me. And eventually, my left leg was clubbed. I used it for many years and then came to America in 2002 to attend seminary. And I, you know, went to see a doctor, a surgeon, and he said, yes, we can do something about it. And so, I went in for a six and a half hour surgery on this left leg. They had to cut it and then put that frame there. With 16 pins poked in my leg. Now, that's not fun. But for 11 months and 6 days, I wore that. I had to use special pants, you know. You have to zip it from the bottom up. It's not like my regular pants. I didn't wear my regular pants for those 11 months and 6 days. But when I had that... Many nights I was in excruciating pain, and I would cry out, Lord, how long? How long? It finally came on and took off. But when I had those, I would cry out many nights in pain. The next incident in my life was in 1999, again in Sierra Leone. I was living in one area. Now, those of you who may have heard about Sierra Leone, you remember that between 1991 and 2001, our country was in turmoil. I mean, the scenes you see in Ukraine, Afghanistan, those here are our lot for those period, a 10-year period, and between January 6 and January 21, I live in an area where these young boys were parading day in and day out in our neighborhood, harassing, killing, burning houses, maiming people. And for those periods that I lived in that small area of Freetown called Wellington, I would oftentimes ask, how long, oh Lord? How long do we have to live through this? Three times we sought ways to escape, but never we were able to. When we finally did, I will never forget that day that we, we walked down the main road and was coming to a point where we we'll would reach a place where it was relatively safe. But for over 300 years, you could walk past dead bodies like you're just walking among pebbles. And I wondered, how long, oh God? How long? Now David, when he wrote this psalm, we are not sure when, but we are sure he's in one of those periods in his own life when he experienced grave sorrow. And here, his expressions, he was in despair. And David asked these questions. So, first, let us look at his despair. In David's despair, he was frustrated with the Lord because he asked, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? David felt forgotten. He felt forgotten by the Lord. You know, to forget something is to lose remembrance or memory of it. You might bring it back to memory and say, oh, you know, I I know he was here, but I just forgot. But David felt forgotten. Now, you have to know David is not your ordinary child of God. In scripture, he's called a man after God's own heart. So he was a very special guy. You know, in today's terminology, we say he was a matured Christian. Strong in the Lord. But in Psalm 13, he's expressing despair. How long, O oh Lord? He's frustrated with the Lord. He felt forgotten. But notice, he also felt forsaken. Now, to forget is one thing. You know, you lose memory of something. But forsaking is a little bit of something. It's more intentional. So in David's heart, where he was at this moment in his spiritual journey, he feels forsaken by God. God, you have abandoned me, he says. He felt forsaken. David was not only... Frustrated with the Lord, but he was frustrated with himself. He was frustrated with himself. How long shall I take counsel in my soul? Now, for two reasons, he's frustrated with himself one with his emotions. His emotions were in American terms in a roller coaster and up and down one day he will feel great the other day he will feel down have you been there I have I have in my Christian life you know for those of you who are young people in this place When you see, you know, adults who are Christian, who have been Christians for many years, you say, wow, I want to be like them. Remember, it's not an easy journey. It's not an easy journey. The Christian life is tough. It's tough. So David was frustrated with his own emotions. How long? They were very lengthy and drawn out. But also, he was frustrated that these emotions or these sorrows were happening daily. He said, day by day, day by day, daily, I am in this kind of state. Do you have moments in your life when it seems like the struggles don't go away? They are there constantly, day, night, morning, afternoon. Other people are running around happy and feeling great. And your struggles are there, pointing at you, jeering at you. That was David. Daily. His struggles continued. He was not only frustrated about the Lord, about himself, but he was frustrated with his enemy. His enemy seemed to be triumphing over him, seemed to be having an upper hand over him. You know, the Scripture tells us our main enemy is. Satan, the devil, he's been walking before you and I were ever born. He was there at creation. And so his tactics are well established. And he doesn't spare you, he doesn't spare me. No matter how strong we are in the faith, he is in our faith daily. So David was frustrated that it seems as if, God, your delay, your your abandonment has caused my enemy to have power over me. That was David's despair in this psalm. But go to verse 3 and verse 4. And David had a desire. In the midst of his grief and sorrow, David makes a critical choice and changes his downward spiral of self-pity. He prayed. He prayed. Those of us who've been around as Christians for a long time are familiar with a song called What a Friend We Have in Jesus, right? Well, You know, sometimes we sing those songs and we don't really know why the verses are there. The guy who wrote that song did not write it as a hymn. He wrote it as an encouragement to his mom. His name is Joseph Scriven. Joseph M. Scriven. He's an Irish guy. He was well-educated. Uh, he learned he studied at the trinity college in dublin he was engaged to marry in the evening before their marriage his wife drowned now after that tragedy he had couple difficulty in family relationships in He went to the Plymouth Brethren School and started practicing their philosophy. Shortly after that, he moved to Canada. And while he was there, he engaged to a lady called Eliza. Tragedy struck again. Eliza passed away from illness shortly before their marriage. And how long, oh Lord, how long? But Joseph used these tragedies and hardships in life to empathize with the elderly and poor. So he engaged himself in providing wood for the fireplaces of the elderly in the town where he lived in Canada. And then he heard that his mom was sick. So he penned out the words of what a friend we have in Jesus. And sent that to his mom. He had no thought about it. That it would become something. After his death. Somebody got hold of those poem. And put it in one of our hymns. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege. We often forfeit when we fail to bring everything to God in prayer what I want you to note is that David will have stayed in a state of despair but being a child of God, David decided instead of staying there, he expressed his desire and prayed and what a change between verses one and two and verses three and four. So let's look at verses three and four. You first notice how David addresses God in his desire. Consider me, hear me, O Lord my God, enlighten my eyes. Let's stop there. David now addresses God as Yahweh Adonai the God of promise and the God of power. So he makes three requests to God. First, he says, recognize me, consider me, Lord. It looks like you have forgotten about me. I am your servant. I am your child. I am the one you have anointed to be king over Israel. But why am I going through all of this? So David prays and makes three requests. Recognize me. Consider me. So this corresponds with his desire, his despair state of Lord forgetting him. Recognize me. He also says, hear me. Respond to me, O Lord. Respond to me. Don't forget me. Respond to me. Hear me. And the third request in that passage, says, enlighten my eyes. Revive me, O Lord. You know, Charles Swindoll says, that enlighten my eyes is not so much spiritual enlightenment, but as cheer me up. And put brightness into my darkened eyes. Cheer me up. My eyes have been heavy with tears. Lord, cheer me up. Enlighten my eyes. So he requests God to recognize him, respond to him, and revive him. Why is he making this request? The two reasons why he's requesting God to recognize, respond, and revive him. And he uses one conditional word or phrase less, less. Between verses three, last part of it, and verse four, David makes three. Conditional statements. Lord, hear me, lest I sleep the sleep of death. I am dead, O Lord. Hear me. Hear me. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. I am defeated, O Lord. Hear me. Respond to me. Revive me. Not only am I defeated, but I am defamed, he says. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am mowed. So he was in despondency he desired to talk to God that's what we Christians do that's what children of God do when we have issues when we think God has forsaken us we go to him and talk to him meet with him pour out our heart before him and that's what David did His desire. He poured out his heart before God and honestly, Lord, you have forgotten me, you have forsaken me. I want you to hear me, I want you to consider me, I want you to respond to me, I want you to revive me. I am down, oh Lord. When we do, there is relief. There's relief. Let's look at David's delight. Verses five and six. "But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing it to the Lord, because He has dealt." bountifully with me so from the valley of despair David prayed and the Lord raises him up to the mountain peak of delight, hallelujah hallelujah David journeys through this stage of despondency in prayer and lands on this mountain of the light So, in his delight, David sings two songs. He sings two songs. One, a song of thanksgiving. I have trusted in your mercy. So, in that song, his faith is now restored. Notice the present perfect tense I have trusted in your mercy. In the Hebrew word used there, it's not so much mercy, but loving kindness. Has said, I have trusted in your loving kindness, O Lord, and now you've brought me up. So David's faith is restored from despair to delight. His joy is restored. I trusted in your salvation. I trusted in your salvation. A salvation here is not so much to do with salvation from sin, but salvation, saving grace from the daily challenges of life, from the struggles of life. You know, God doesn't only save us and leave us under the cross. He walks with us day by day in our daily challenges. He walks with us. He never leaves us. So, His salvation for us is not static, but it's ongoing. It's ongoing. We can cry to Him in our struggles, in our challenges, be it at work, be it in the household. Be it in school, be it in the playground, be it on vacation, we can cry to him and he will hear us. Amen? He can save us. He can save us. And David recognizes there, he says, My joy is now restored. You, O Lord, have dealt with me bountifully. So he sings a song of triumph in his delight. Because he also sings a song of thanksgiving. You know, David says, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt with me bountifully. So in that song of thanksgiving, now he remembers that God has been gracious to him. Don't you forget that, my brothers and my sisters. You know, Satan always, all the time, when we have challenges, when we have difficulties, he wants to maximize those troubles, those challenges, and minimize the goodness of God. And we should not let him do that. We shouldn't. David says, you have dealt with me bountifully. I know for sure that you will deal with me like that because you've done it before. Amen. So don't let Satan get away with that lie to say, God doesn't care about you right now. God doesn't know about you right now. You tell him to his face, I am a child. And like we sang this morning, I am free. Amen. I am a child of God who God has set free, and you will not keep me bound in sorrow or despair. He has power to deliver me. He has been good to me, and I will sing of His praise. I will sing of His praise. God is good all the time. All the time, brothers and sisters. And if you don't know Jesus, if you're here and you're thinking about trusting a friend who will be there for you, I recommend Jesus. He will be there for you, whether tough or smooth, rain or shine, he will be there. The schoolmates will forsake you. They will, they will abandon you. They will say, oh, no, you know, things are rough with him. Let's go play with somebody else who we can smile with. Your workmates can do that. Your family can do that. Our church members can do that. But not the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, 8 says, he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah hallelujah so David goes from despair to delight and how did he journey to that point through talking to God through praying so what is it there for you and I from Psalm 13 what can we learn what can we learn Here are some principles. Here are some things that you can take from this passage. Number one, Christians do struggle with feelings of sorrow and abandonment. Christians do struggle. David did. David did. That's why he wrote this psalm. Number two, Christians should not dwell in the valley of self-pity and despair. We shouldn't. That is not our place. Yes, we may come there at some point in our Christian journey. We all will come there. But don't dwell there. You know, great men of God, Elijah came to that point in his life. He was in a little cave and he said to God, let me die right now. You know, whenever I read that passage in the Kings, I say, Elijah, you really don't want to die because you know, when he said that he was running away from Jezebel who was said, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Yeah. So he goes, he's in a cave and say, let me die. You know, just go back and Jezebel will do it. Yeah. But, you know, Christians should not dwell in that cave. (laughs) You know, Christians should not dwell. The third principle for us from this passage is, God our Father welcomes our struggles and is willing to help when we cry out to him for help. Amen. You say, where is God when it hurts? I say to you, he's right there with you. All you need to do, lift up your voice. And sometimes you don't have to say so many words. The moment you open your mouth to say, Father, and it says the Spirit of God will intercede on your behalf and speak the words for you. But you need to come to him. Another principle, Christians should be reminded of their privileged position. We are a redeemed and forgiven children of God. Like we sang again this morning, remember, we are a child of God, set free by the redemptive work of Christ. Christians should be aware of the enemy's tactics. Satan always wants to take our focus away from God and place it on ourselves and our situations. And when we just focus on ourselves and our situation, man, we get deeper and deeper and deeper into suffering and sorrow. But When we lift our eyes and focus on the risen Lord, the almighty God of power, the almighty God of promise, our hearts as softened to say, I can make it through this. I can make it. Christians should seek help. Christians should seek help. Christians should return thanks to God and talk about his deliverance. You know, from ch- chapter 13, verse 1 to verse 6, David's circumstance does not change. And don't don't think that, you know, just saying a prayer will just wipe away your struggle automatically. Anybody tells you that? They are not being honest to that word. (laughs) No. But, but, there is a power that says, I will be with you to the end. There's a God that says, I am here. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you walk through this. Go through this. Just hold on to my hand. Just hold on to my hand. I will help you. Just be there I'm going to walk with you. And sometimes we go through it and come out on the other side. Sometimes we stay in there, but he always has something to make us learn. (laughs) So brothers and sisters, it is true that when we come to the Lord, our sorrows don't disappear right away, but we have help we have a Paracletus, a come alongside the Holy Spirit that will walk with us, that will strengthen us to undergo the struggles, that will keep us and will give us a song in the morning. Hallelujah. So when you go through this week and you're faced with a situation where you say, How long, O oh Lord? Remember, the only way out is to look up to Him who is able and powerful enough to carry you through. Amen? Heavenly Father, you know every heart right here in this place. You know those of us who are going through difficult moments in our relationships, in our work. We ask that you will give us peace and carry us, help us to look up and to know that you are there. We pray today for those who are here who do not know you but would like to have friendship and fellowship with you, speak to their hearts and help them to open their hearts and say, Lord Jesus, I want you as my Savior and my Lord. Bless us all and keep us in your power through this day and this week. In Jesus' name.